ora. I'm Alex Ashton, and this is The Detail. Today... The man Peter Jackson, bankrolled for Wellington's race for mayor, has pulled off a stunning political upset. Well, probably. The race was so tight, just 62 votes in it, that Justin Lester is likely to ask for a recount. But if the counters counted right, and let's say they did... Joining us now is the new mayor of Wellington. Congratulations, Andy Foster. G'day, good morning to you. Morning, Duncan. Well done to all of those that have campaigned well. Congratulations to Andy. He's campaigned strongly. Uh, he spent a lot of money. Uh, so good on him and well done. So best of luck. The capital has a new conservative captain at the helm, following a last-minute campaign backed by one of New Zealand's biggest, richest names. The finance is essential. The fact that, you had, that I had um, that high-profile backing, that, that's a help as well. So Peter and his partner Dame Fran phoned the new mayor to congratulate him and released the statement saying... Along with the thousands of Wellingtonians who voted them into office, we share in their aims of bringing greater transparency and accountability to local government. But will centre-right Foster drive Wellington in a different direction from his Labour predecessor? Georgina Campbell covers Wellington issues for the New Zealand Herald. Even she, a self-described local government nerd, thought Justin Lester had it in the bag. I think it definitely came as a surprise to Justin Lester himself as well. I met with Justin just a few days before Saturday in his office and he was very cool, calm, collected. He seemed very confident. My colleague and I, while we were sitting at our desks on Saturday waiting for these election results to come through, uh, we were expecting Justin Lester to get a second term and when we realised what was happening, you know, you could feel the electricity in the newsroom um, we, we were shocked ourselves. And it probably is one of the bigger surprises from the elections this year. But who is Andy Foster? So Andy Foster has been a Wellington City Councillor for longer than I've been alive. So he's been on council for 27 years. Um, before that, he had a short stint uh, with the National Party where he worked as a researcher um, in 2017, he ran uh, for the New Zealand First Party, trying to get the Wellington Central seat, unsuccessfully, obviously. He lives in Karori, that's his patch. Um, he is an Onzo Western Ward councillor. He's got two young children, and I think his time on Wellington City Council can sort of be um, paralleled, if you like, with uh, how the opposition sort of operates in central government. He's always been the, the council who's gone through the detail and tried to to pick out anything that isn't quite right, um, isn't afraid to ask questions and call things out. There are things which happen in life and you go, that's completely unexpected, but now time to get on and start talking to the, the councillors and to the other people I need to ring uh, because we want, to get, we want to get moving. In 2016, you had Nick Leggett, Justin Lester, Joe Coughlin all going for the top job. Celia Wade-Brown wasn't standing again, and it was a really fiery, feisty mayoral race. This time around, you had Justin Lester seeking a second term, and there was a big sort of quiet space right up to the 11th hour uh, in terms of competition and mayoral bids. Yeah, I was going to say, because it did look like a one-horse race for quite a while. When did Andy Foster appear on the scene with this election? When was his launch and how did he enter the race? 
So the final week for candidates to get their nominations in, there was huge speculation that Andy Foster was going to have another crack. And I I called him several times that, that week, you know, saying, come on, what, what are you doing? Let yeah, me know. Yeah. <laughs> and he said... Uh, I'm I'm not going to place a mural bid unless I have the resources and, and backing to do it. And he did maintain that. Friday came along, the final day to get candidate nominations in, and speculation was even more rife. The story that Peter Jackson was uh, backing a candidate uh, came out before Andy Foster announced. So I think that story broke in the early afternoon and then Andy Foster launched his campaign at Shelley Bay. So I've listened to what people have asked me and I'm putting myself forward to be your next mayor. And I want to thank you, all those people have said already that they will support me, and particularly Peter, it's, it's fabulous to have you along here and thank you very much for your support. The story broke and then Peter Jackson was alongside Andy Foster as he announced his mural bid. Right, so he was actually at the announcement. He was actually at the announcement, and I have to say it it is a rare occurrence that you actually get to see Peter Jackson in the flesh. I don't know whether Andy is left, right, go around in circles. I I haven't got a clue what 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 he is. I'm just I'm just um, I'm just supporting him because he he seems to have moral integrity that's missing. That's what I'm supporting. What was the nature of Peter Jackson's support of Andy Foster? Was it just money? It's a really interesting question, and I have seen a few articles this week. I wrote one myself, sort of speculating over what role did Sir Peter Jackson play in Wellington's mayoralty. And I would like to make the point that money isn't everything. Maybe not everything, but it sure does smooth the campaign trail. Had Peter Jackson in your camp and helped you with a few funds as well. How much did he give you? How much money did he give you to help you get there? Well, look, the, the, the exact number I'll, uh, I'll disclose later on, but um, I, what I said is that there are uh, a number of funders who between them uh, gave me 36,000 who haven't yet said, uh, please release those numbers. So uh, you can assume that between Peter and Fran and the companies associated with them, um, that that's, that's the number within that number. There were also two separate $10,000 donations made to Foster's campaign. Lester's campaign cost 21000 but he says he also got a lot of volunteer time. What we have to think about or put more weight on is Peter Jackson's profile, his celebrity, his name, that name recognition. Uh, I think that's what really put Andy Foster on the map. But it's not what got him across the line. I think potentially what was underestimated in this Wellington mayoral race is that there was this feeling of discontent amongst Wellingtonians. They wanted progress. They wanted to change. They wanted to, you know, get Wellington moving. And it didn't really feel like it was happening. And I was certainly aware of murmurs of that. And I'm guilty myself of underestimating just how strong that was. And I think what the campaign came down to, well, was Andy Foster a credible alternative Um, for those who'd had enough of Justin Lester. And the numbers show that he was. And I want to talk more in a moment about what his election's going to mean for Wellington, but just finishing up on the Jackson stuff, what issues did they align on? So can you actually just give us a bit of a 
summary of what the Shelley Bay issue is, if that's possible. <laughs> <laughs> yes, trying to wrap up Shelley Bay in a nutshell is quite difficult. A Wellington-based Iwi Trust has announced a proposed joint venture to sell some land at Shelley Bay, despite a referendum on the sale failing just seven months ago. Claims have been made that Sir Peter Jackson is throwing more money at opposing a controversial Shelley Bay housing development on Wellington's coast. I think Shelley Bay is the main reason that Peter Jackson jumped in. Well, it started with Shelley Bay, but um, in learning what I've learned about Shelley Bay, I've realised that there's a lot of dodgy stuff going on, like seriously legally dodgy stuff that needs to be investigated. That's and that's, I should probably finish there. Here's a very basic sum-up of the Shelley Bay debate that has Jackson and Foster so fired up. Developers and an iwi trust want to build 300 houses and a hotel at Shelley Bay, not far from Jackson's movie-making base at Miramar. The project got consent, but that was taken through the courts and eventually the Court of Appeal found the initial consent was iffy. And now the consent's sitting with a group of commissioners who will report to council, which will vote again. There's been a fiery exchange of emails between, uh, well, well, actually mainly it's just been Peter Jackson sending them to um, Wellington City Council and, and Justin Lester voicing his discontent about what's happened at Shelley Bay. The other thing um, is the movie museum. So there was this partnership between Peter Jackson and Wellington City Council about incorporating a movie museum with the convention centre. That all fell apart um, and they went their separate ways. So the movie museum went down the Googler as well. So when this stuff comes, and you just touched on this then, but when this stuff comes up in council, the Shelley Bay, the movie museum, what's Foster going to do on those decisions? Because people know that Jackson backed his campaign. Yes. Well, Andy Foster, um, you know, I think at this point doesn't see him voting on Shelley Bay as being a conflict of interest because Peter Jackson doesn't have any money there or sort of pecuniary interest there. What influence is he going to have when it comes to, you know, policy if you become mayor? Well, we haven't had any policy discussions whatsoever. Um, I think he's, what he's done, or what he and Fran have done, is to back me because they believed in me. Uh, they saw what I was standing for, and I've been on the Shelley Bay issue. I've been standing against what's currently proposed uh, for four and a half years. So it's long before um, they said anything at all. So I'm just being consistent with what I've what I've always. Um, what I've always been saying. So he feels confident that, that he can vote on, on Shelley Bay decisions, but the movie museum is a different story, and Andy Foster said on the campaign trail that he would like to find a home for Peter Jackson's movie museum, and I sort of asked him about that earlier on in the week because that's certainly a conflict of interest, and Andy Foster did agree. Um, so he said he could sort of start a conversation about the movie museum, but at the end of the day, he's not going to be able to um, sort of wheel much power around that, I would imagine, because he won't be able to vote on it. In terms of transport, which is obviously a, a major, if not the major issue for the main centres around the country. A new mayor for Wellington may also mean fast-tracking a second Mount Victoria tunnel. A multi-billion dollar transport plan has tunnel construction starting as late as 2029. But Andy Froster, the new uh, elected, newly elected mayor, wants to change that and the transport minister Phil Twyford said he's open to talks. 
I'm going to ask you another tricky one. Can you please try give us a, a bit of a summary of what Let's Get Wellington Moving is before we move on to how Foster's election might impact that? So Let's Get Wellington Moving is a $6.4 billion transport project. Wow. And it was announced earlier this year after a huge delay and the government-endorsed package really puts mass rapid transit front and centre. And it's the Transport Minister's expectation that that will be delivered ahead of roading projects. The Let's Get Wellington Moving package is a close partnership between central and local government. It's a system-wide approach rather than a collection of individual projects. And it takes a long-term horizon, delivered over 20 years, and in the case of rapid transit, could be funded and financed over 50 years. A second Mount Victoria tunnel is also included in the package, but it's very much on the back burner. So construction isn't expected to sort of start until the latter half of the project, um, which will span a couple of decades. When the package originally went to the government, the Let's Get Wellington Moving governance group, you know, sort of presented them with this uh, array of projects. It included um, a second terrace tunnel and Trench and Caro Drive. Now, those two things haven't made the cut. The government said, no, we're not going to fund that. Um, so the, the funding split is the government will pay 60% of the $6.4 billion and local government will pay 40%. So it's a partnership between um, central government, the regional council, um, Wellington City Council and, yeah, and, and NZTA. Presumably Leicester was right on board with this partnership, thought it was great? Yes, well, Justin Lester has made it very clear that he held a, a key seat at the negotiating table with the government. And it's my understanding that he really took a lead on this for, on behalf of local government. So, so therefore, you know, he's responsible for this package that has been negotiated. And there's been a lot of speculation, of course, Justin Lester was on the Labour ticket and he's negotiating with the Labour Transport Minister. Um, and that got a few councillors fired up about whether local government had an independent enough voice at that table. Yeah, where does Andy Foster sit on Let's Get Wellington Moving? Well, Andy Foster has campaigned calling on the region for support to bring the construction of a second Mount Victoria tunnel forward in the project. I think there's been a clear message from a large part of our community that they don't like being stuck in traffic and they don't want to be stuck in traffic for another decade plus, that uh, they do want a solution out there that's particularly strong in the eastern suburbs. The one key roading project that, that made the cut has been put on the back burner and Andy Foster's not happy about that. He doesn't actually think that the business case for mass rapid transit is even going to stack up. Because there was this agreement already between central, local, regional council, is there any movement that could happen on let's get Wellington moving or is it kind of a done deal? I think Let's Get Wellington Moving is on shaky ground um, because Justin Lester was at the helm of this project for local government. He was, you know, he started to sort of try to build consensus for the government endorsed package as soon as it was announced. He was a real champion of this project. And now we've got a mayor who isn't happy with the sequencing and, and thinks things should be done differently. 
just how shaky really comes down to the makeup of the councils. And I think Andy Foster is starting to realise that he might not quite have the support to do this that, that he thought he did. And that's because on Wellington City Council, you've got a very left lean. So there's three councillors who have been elected on the Labour ticket and three councillors on the Green ticket. You've also got former Deputy Mayor Jill Day. She was very upset about Justin Lester's loss, understandably, so she's likely to join them. Uh, Tamitha Paul, a freshly elected councillor who was the president of the Victoria um, Students Association um, will also sort of strengthen those ranks. So they've got a, a, a really strong grip on that council. And Andy Foster really is going to, I think, have to sit down and, and reassess how he's doing things. And what will be crucial in that is who he chooses as his deputy mayor. I, th- I think he should look to the left to try and build some kind of consensus, you know, somebody who can reach across political lines to help him get the numbers. But, you know, with that, he's probably going to have to make compromises because if he just goes in, you know, over the next couple of months and puts up his idea about the second tunnel, I think it will go down like a lead balloon. It's becoming increasingly clear that too many councillors just aren't on board with that. Obviously, as mayor, you, only, you still only have one with one vote, but you have a lot more influence and the ability to lead a team, uh, both as the, the organisation but also to lead the, the team of councillors. You are the face of the city. Um, and you also, one of the really important things is you get to introduce the budget. It's a lot easier to introduce a budget and ask other people to change it rather than to have to change it from within. Look, look, there's no doubt about it. I mean, Andy Foster and Justin Lester really couldn't be more different. And the decisions that they make will be slightly different um, because it will be a a sort of a compromise version between the left and and the rest of the table. But at at this point, it looks like, you know, Andy Foster doesn't have the numbers to kind of charge through all of the decisions that that he would want to make, which, you know, are are more sort of right-leaning than Justin's. Do you think overall this was more of a vote for change for change's sake? Or was this a vote for a specific change in direction from Wellingtonians, from voters? I think it was um, a vote for change's sake. Um, Nick Leggett, who ran for the Wellington mayoralty in 2016 and is the former mayor of Porirua, um, pointed out to me that um, Justin Lester could sort of be the victim of nine years of this kind of bubbling frustration for Wellingtonians that things just aren't getting done. And to be fair to Justin, don't forget that the, that the uh, Kaikoura earthquake happened right at the beginning of his term. And that really marked um, the rest of his three years. You know, he was dealing with buildings such as the one on Molesworth Street, which had to be completely bowled over and all the, the strengthening now of the town hall and the whole Civic Square precinct. There's a big question mark over that. So sometimes I, I do feel like the criticism of, of things not being done can be a little bit unfair when you take that into consideration. But I do think that, you know, Wellingtonians are a bit annoyed at the lack of progress. And when you look at things like Shelley Bay and Let's Get Wellington Moving, which is, you know, delayed and and late, if you look at the Gordon Wilson block flats, um, the Basin Reserve flyover, 
they're all things that just sort of haven't happened that have been held up and you know sometimes that that may have been for a good reason but it is creating quite a track record and I can understand why Wellingtonians are, are getting frustrated with that. And for a lot of Wellingtonians the biggest gripe is the bus service. After the bus debacle in Wellington there are calls to overhaul how public transport is managed by councils. Under current law, regional councils and city councils both have a role, and that's confusing voters who want to hold those responsible to account when they vote in the local body elections. But as the bus network's run by the regional council, the mayor can't actually do much to help. Put it simply, local authorities build the infrastructure and regional councils operate them. It was obviously a surprise to Lester losing and then you had the salt in the wound with Jacinda Ardern mistakenly suggesting he ran as an independent. And um, Justin Lister's loss on the Labour ticket, how does that feel as Labour leader? Justin ran as an independent. What's next for Justin? Look, I don't know and I think he wouldn't have exactly been lining things up because I do, I do think he expected to get back in. Um, you know, he has been a successful business owner. Um, he's a father of two young girls. He has ruled out a 2020 election bid. I'm looking forward to um, setting up a new business. So I focus on financial literacy. Uh, my wife and I are setting up a, an affordable housing charity as well. So a big focus for us as a family. Uh, I'm sure I'll probably get back into to work and, uh, and I'll look at what opportunities come in the next few weeks. But one thing that I, I did see on a, on a more sort of light-hearted note was this uh, tongue-in-cheek list of possible future jobs that Justin Lester has posted on Facebook. And right at the top of the list it says an extra on Lord of the Rings, which has been crossed out. <laughs> and some of the other options um, are a bus driver. We've definitely got a shortage of those and our bus catastrophe is just appalling. Um, there's also a World of Wearable Arts model on the list a light rail cab driver, um, or a professional Mount Vic tunnel tutor. Um, <laughs> so I thought some of those options were quite amusing, and I also think it just suggests that, you know, he is just pondering and, and thinking what's next. That's The Detail for today. I'm Alex Ashton. The Detail is brought to you by newsroom.co.nz, made possible by the RNZ NZ On Air Innovation Fund. Hit the subscribe button to stay across the detail every day. And if you're on Apple, please leave a rating, as it helps other listeners find us. This episode was engineered by Jeremy Ansell and produced by Alexia Russell. Our associate producer is Keitaki Masalamani. Mā te wā. Well.